Welcome to Meals for Maturity, Bible talks to help you mature as a follower of Jesus, by Pastor Dom Fiocco. Thank you for tuning in uh, to these Meals for Maturity Bible talks. They're never meant to replace your weekly diet of Bible teaching that you'll get from your church in, in fellowship, face to face with God's people who, of course, are seeking to follow Jesus by faith. Uh, I started this podcast mid-2023 really to give God's people a bonus meal, uh, perhaps from some forgotten or neglected parts of Holy Scripture, or with the aim that we might mature in our thinking, in our behaving, in our living as we seek first Jesus' righteousness and his kingdom ways. This Bible verse from Hebrews chapter 5, verses 13 and 14, pretty much sums up the purpose that I've started Meals for Maturity for. We read in the Bible, Hebrews 5, For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food uh, is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. And please realize that as you listen to these short Bible talks, even if we've never met, please realize uh, Meals for Maturity are Bible talks for me personally as the preacher, as well as for you, the listener. Uh, That is, I'm not standing above you or somehow removed from you, but I want to be walking alongside you as I seek to follow Jesus. So these Bible talks are as much uh, for me as they are for you. I might be speaking, but at the same time, I want to be listening to God's voice in the Bible. I'm also a fellow traveller, walking by faith, not by sight, looking forward to God's heavenly city, whose builder and architect is God himself. Well, in this series of Bible Talks now, we're digging deeper into the famous book in our Bibles. Actually, it's five famous books all wrapped up in one. Uh, That is the book of Psalms. This is the second intro talk. And then next time, we'll start to unpack five special Psalms, not all at once, uh, but we'll be psalming together across five episodes. Now, the purpose of these two intro Bible Talks that I'm giving are really to help us understand how better to read the Psalms as followers of the Lord Jesus. In the first intro talk, we looked at three things the Psalms are telling us. Firstly, always remember to never forget. That is, God's great acts of redemption and salvation are often recounted across the Psalms. Uh, Secondly, the Psalms are telling us that praising and thanking God really is the foundation, the baseline of our worship. And thirdly, the Psalms are reminding us to sit back and marvel at the glimpses of the gospel that we are given across these Psalms. And now I want to pick up on two more elements on what the Psalms as God's word are showing us. Uh, So fourthly, and this is of course related to the last point of gospel glimpses. Fourthly, we need to see Jesus in the Psalms. Uh, American pastor and author Kent Hughes tells a story about an old old lady in a church that they, uh, the, the old lady was called 1800 and no one knew quite how old she was. They just thought she must have been born in the 1800s, so that's what they called her. And 1800 would sit in the front row, the front pew of the church. And if the preacher was going on for a while and not getting to his point, she would just call out, uh, get him up. Uh, For a few minutes later, if the preacher wasn't on track again, she'd cry out, get him up, get him up. See, this dear old saint was, of course, referring to the Lord Jesus. She wanted the preacher man to get Jesus up, to get him up front and center in the sermon, to be talking about, to be uh, talking about the exalting of the risen Lord Jesus. 
So as you read and media um, meditate rather on the Psalms, have 1800 in mind and be thinking, get him up. Uh, that is, how does this psalm point me to see Jesus? How is this psalm being fulfilled in Jesus? How does this psalm remind me of my Saviour? How does this psalm point me to the cross, to the empty tomb? How does this psalm show me that by faith and repentance I find salvation in Christ alone? How does this psalm help me see the psalm personified in the face of the risen Lord Jesus? Get him up. Get him up. See, we're to read and we're to meditate on the Psalms, looking to Jesus by faith. Now, of course, this is not to be uh, fanciful or clever or creative when it comes to seeing Jesus in the Psalms. This is simply reading our Old Testaments as Jesus tells us to do so. Uh, remember this important passage after Jesus' resurrection. Let's hear Cherub read this to us. Luke 24, verses 36 to 49. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marvelling, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it before them. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer, and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Now did you hear what Jesus is saying? Uh, he sounded a lot like cherub, didn't he? But listen to what he says to his disciples after his resurrection. Luke 24 then he said to them, uh, verse 44, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. So Jesus is saying to us, read the Psalms with me in mind, which is what the New Testament writers end up doing as they quote the book of Psalms more than any other Old Testament book. Now, last time I showed us some glimpses of the gospel across these psalms. This time, let me show you some uh, clearer pictures, if you like, of seeing Jesus across the book of Psalms. That is, it's like the psalms are shouting to us, open your eyes and see Jesus, see the gospel, see him and place your trust in him. Now, there's lots of psalms that do this really, really clearly. Sometimes they're called messianic psalms. Uh, this is just a quick sample uh, using some different Jesus categories. Uh, so the species is messianic. The order is different themes. So here we go. Uh, the theme of the sufferings of Christ. Uh, you see this across uh, Psalm 22, 31, 34, Psalm 35, 40, 41, 69, 109. Bingo. Uh, not that the whole psalm or these psalms, not that they're all about the sufferings of Jesus, but there's certainly enough lines in there 
uh, for you to, to say as you read it, hey, look, there's Jesus before he was even born in Bethlehem. Or there's Jesus suffering and dying for my sin and for my shame. So we read, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? They encircle me with words of hate and attack me without cause. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. We see Jesus in the Psalms when we see his sufferings predicted. Then there's also the Messianic Psalms pointing us to see the glories and majesty of Christ. So you see this in Psalm 2, Psalm 8, Psalm 16, 45, 68, 72, 78, 89, 110, 118, 145, 148. Psalm 2 is a great psalm, uh, recently put to song by Christy Knuckles. But let's hear it read, not sung. Let's hear it read by Cherub and let it point you to see the Lord Jesus. Psalm 2 verses 1 to 12. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree the Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the sun, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son, today I have begotten you. As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. Psalm 2, along with many others, are saying to us, Hey, look, here's Jesus before he was even born in Bethlehem. There's Jesus reigning on high, a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. See, there's the stone that the builders rejected, and now he's become the cornerstone. And I will build my life on this foundation. We also see Jesus across the Psalms, Every time there's a mention of God's steadfast love. Uh, steadfast love, or the Hebrew word is hesed, is used 123 times across the Psalms. Psalm 13 verses 5 and 6 is a good example. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. And for every mention of God's hesed love, we can picture Romans 5 verse 8. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For every mention of God's hesed love, we can picture 1 John chapter 4 verse 9. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. So what we're doing is we're building a picture of what the Psalms are telling us. Firstly, always remember to never forget, 
Secondly, that praising and thanking God is the foundation of our worship. Thirdly, to marvel at the glimpses of the gospel we're given. And then fourthly, to see Jesus, sometimes really clearly, other times through illusions, typology, uh, images, reflections, predictions. There's a fourth uh, thing the Psalms are telling us. And that is, the Psalms are telling us to be honest before God. Uh, over the course of 150 Psalms, we have God's people being honest before God, telling the truth to him about the way it seems and about the way they're feeling about life here on earth. Uh, perhaps here, uh, more than ever, is why the Psalms are a great go-to book all over the world and down through the ages for you and me. Listen to what these two great saints uh, have to say about the Psalms. John Stott he says, the Psalms speak the universal language of the human soul. And Martin Lloyd-Jones wrote, The Psalms are the inspired prayer and praise book of Israel, revelations of truth, not abstractively, abstractedly, but in terms of human experience, truth revealed in the emotions, desires and sufferings of the people of God by the circumstances through which they pass. See, in God's kindness, he gives us a book that shows us really how to be open and honest before him. Uh, I said last time, it's like a playlist of emotions to sing to God. The Psalms give us that playlist without apology. Uh, the majority of the Psalms, surprisingly, are what we call Psalms of Lament. That is, Psalms where the psalmist is crying out to God in sorrow or pain or distress disorientation, disappointment. The psalmist is feeling abandoned by God. They're having doubts. They're depressed even. Some psalms express guilt and shame and fear and anxiety and there's great confession of sins. There's even a number of psalms what we call imprecatory. Imprecatory. That's a fancy way of saying Cursing psalms, I like that name better. They're cursing psalms where God's people really cry out for justice and vengeance. They're crying out for curses to fall upon God's enemies. One author calls them psalms that rage against the machine. And of course, there are psalms of praise. That is, psalms of great joy, of sheer delight in God's goodness and in his creation. Uh, psalms of praise, pure contentment in God's salvation and in his sovereignty. So the whole gamut of human emotions are really poured out for us across the psalms. It's like a, a mosaic of the Christian life with all its ups and downs that we know all too well. And each time the psalmist puts down, uh, put, put words down, it's like they're saying, well, whether you're in the, high, the heights of joy or the depths of despair, you have a God in heaven who can handle your honesty and who actually wants your honesty. So open the Psalms and cry out to him. It's like the Psalms are saying, yes, life can be messy, chaotic, disordered, difficult. It always will be because of sin and the groaning creation. Yes, life can be painful, full of injustice, heart-wrenching, Maybe that's your life right at this moment. But the Psalms are saying, but you have a God in heaven who can handle your honesty and wants your honesty. So open the Psalms and be honest before him. Dale Ralph Davis, one of my favorite Old Testament commentators, he writes, 
Often the Lord's people have found the balm of Gilead flowing from the Psalms. Here's a few examples of this cry of honesty uh, by the psalmist before God. So Psalm 10 starts, Why, O Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Psalm 13 is even more explicit. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Or listen to Psalm 58 verses 10 to 11 and it's bloodthirsty honesty. Psalm 58, the righteous will rejoice when he sees the vengeance. He will bathe his feet in the blood of the wicked. Mankind will say, surely there is a reward for the righteous. Surely there is a God who judges the earth. But then in contrast, Psalm 27 and its honesty, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Or Psalm 108, my heart is steadfast, O God. I will sing and make music with all my being. I love this quote again from Dale, Dale Ralph Davis. Uh, he writes, the Psalms tell us that trouble is normal, darkness is possible, reverses are likely, and ordinariness is celebrated. The Psalms make it clear that we do not get to some higher ground, a sort of experiential plateau where we mostly live above life's crud line. Rather, there is only this ground where we stand, this frequently troubled always changing God-present ground. So the Psalms invite you and me to be honest before God. So to recap, what are the Psalms telling us? Well, at least uh, these points. Uh, always remember to never forget that praising and thanking God is the foundation of our worship, to marvel at the glimpses of the gospel we're given, fourthly, to see Jesus, and fifthly, the Psalms are telling us or inviting us to be honest before God. Well, let me finish these two intro Bible talks by reminding us of just two benefits that we can gain from being psalm, uh, psalm people trusting in Christ. You could probably think of many more benefits, but two will do for now. So two benefits of being psalm-orientated people. Benefit number one, the psalms give us realignment. Now, when you put your car in for a service, chances are the mechanic will say, it's time to realign your wheels. See, over time, the steering gets out of whack and it needs to be corrected, especially if you drive on country roads with great corrugations and dodgy roadkill, uh, dodging roadkill. Uh, now, a few years ago, I was bent at the hips. I had terrible back pain. It lasted for almost two years. I spent a fortune on doctors and physios and chiropractors. And whenever I looked at myself in the mirror, I freaked out because my whole body was out of alignment. I was physically bent and I needed constant realignment. Well, the Psalms give us 150 Psalms, or rather God gives us 150 Psalms, to help realign us, to adjust and correct and reorientate our posture. So when you're not thinking straight, we need to realign our minds to, to delight after God's ways. So go to the Psalms. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Teach us, O Lord, to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. When you're not seeing reality, we need to realign our sight to correct our vision. Look to the Psalms. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. 
O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the person who takes refuge in him. When you're not feeling right, uh, realign your emotions and find your well-being, your security in God. So turn to the Psalms. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love, your hesed love, for in you I trust. Be still and know that I am God. When you're not walking properly, realign your steps to not walk in the way of sinners and open the Psalms. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Make me know the way that I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. The Lord is good and does what is right. He shows the proper path to those who go astray. Read the Psalms, friends. Go there often and turn to some of them and uh, turn some of them into your personal prayers. When you're veering off course, when you're not thinking right or seeing God's ways clearly, or you're not feeling close to God, or you're not walking on right paths, then flip open the middle of your Bible. You'll be surprised at the treasures just lying there on the surface. You don't even have to dig very far. When you know that your life needs to be realigned, put God and his ways at the gravitational center of your being. Open the Psalms. Let them realign your ways. Why not take up the challenge to read a psalm a day? You could even say a psalm a day might keep the devil away, which leads us to the second benefit of anchoring ourselves often in the psalms. Benefit number two, the psalms help uh, you and I build our faith muscles. Uh, during COVID times, one of our daughters converted our garage into her private gym. Uh, I thought of charging her exorbitant gym membership fees at the time, but I went gentle on her. Besides, her muscles were stronger than mine, so she might have beaten me up. But perhaps you could view the Psalms, the book of Psalms, as your spiritual gymnasium to help build your faith muscles. So when you start putting your faith or your trust in other places, turn to the Psalms and learn to trust God alone as your refuge, your strength, your peace and find that he has actually spread a table in the wilderness. When you start putting your hope in people or in relationships or political systems, God forbid, when you start putting your hope in your job or your superannuation or your university qualification, turn to the Psalms and find that God is your hope, your salvation, your comfort and ever-present help in times of trouble. When you start holding on to things too tightly, Turn to the Psalms and know, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Grab the book of Psalms and do some weightlifting. Uh, you'll surely build those faith muscles. Well now, over the next five Bible talks, it will be my joy and my absolute privilege really to take us through five Psalms. And I want to put these two intro Bible talks into practice for us especially helping us with glimpses of the gospel and seeing a clear vision of the Lord Jesus, helping us read and study the Psalms Christianly to get him up and so exalt and praise our Saviour. And in the process, we'll be realigned to God's purposes and our faith muscles will grow stronger. Let me close with the prayer of Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. 
I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. Amen. Thanks for listening to Meals for Maturity. Keep growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ.